Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. And so today, in this little uh, conclusion, this mini-series on the Breastplate of Righteousness, I'm going to give you some practical words of application. Principle number one is this, appreciate the power of habits, or what sometimes we call discipline. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, to some degree or another, all of us are creatures of habit. The question, though, is this. Are those habits good for us or detrimental? Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress teaches us how to develop good spiritual disciplines that can help us live in obedience to God. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Whether you realize it or not, we're all caught in the middle of an invisible war between God and Satan. And for the past few weeks, we've been exposing the realities of this epic battle and the tactics Satan uses to try to bring about our demise. My teaching series is called The Divine Defense. Our study might be coming to an end next week, but I can assure you, (laughs) Satan won't let up on his attacks against you. We can't afford to let our spiritual guard down. In my book, which is also titled The Divine Defense, I'll teach you how to put on the armor of God daily in order to protect yourself against your enemy's tactics. Look, I have no way of knowing your private weaknesses, but I can promise you this. The temptation that regularly assaults you, the conflict in your relationships, the financial crisis that strikes fear in your heart, these are not just natural parts of life. They're part of the sinister attacks being waged against the followers of Jesus Christ, like you and me. But you don't have to become spiritual roadkill. Using the powerful armor described in Ephesians 6, I'll help you recognize and apply six practical strategies you can use every day to move forward in faith and defeat Satan's destructive plan for your life. A copy of my book, The Divine Defense, can be yours today when you give a generous gift to support Pathway to Victory. More details later, but right now, let's continue our study from Ephesians 6 with a lesson on how to say no to sin. Today's study is titled, The Power of a Habit. It was Thomas Akempis who said, The enemy is most easily overcome if he is not allowed into the door of our heart, but instead is resisted at the first knock. I think it's that truth that the Apostle Paul had in mind in Ephesians 6.14 when he commands us to put on the breastplate of righteousness if we want to defeat Satan's plan to destroy us. In this series, we're talking about the six pieces of armor, the six strategies, if you will, that we can use in our everyday life to defeat Satan's very real plan to destroy everything important to us. We've talked about the belt of truth, and now we're spending several weeks on this second piece of armor in Ephesians 6.14, the breastplate of righteousness. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. You know, in our culture, it's fashionable to talk about, to emphasize the grace of God. And we ought to talk about the grace of God. But when we talk about the grace of God, it's easy to forget that although grace comes to us freely, 
Grace carries with it an obligation. The obligation to obey God. 1 Corinthians 6 reminds us, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Because Christ has redeemed us, we have an obligation to obey Him. But in Ephesians 6, when Paul talks about righteousness or obedience, he's not talking about obedience as an obligation, but as a benefit to us. That is, obeying God, putting on the breastplate of obedience, if you will, protects us from Satan's attack in our life in four very specific ways. First of all, obedience protects us from the consequences of sin. Remember what Paul said in Romans 6, 23? He wasn't talking to non-Christians. He was talking to Christians when he said the wages, that is, the consequences of sin, is death. Sin destroys every good thing that God has planned for you. Let me ask you, do Christians today suffer from failed marriages, broken relationships, enslaving addictions, sexually transmitted diseases? Of course they do. You see, the grace of God erases the eternal consequences of your sin. It does not erase the temporary consequences of sin. But here's the good news. Obeying God can protect us from those very real and painful consequences of sin. Number two, obedience protects us from doubts about our salvation. I want you to look at the words on the screen from 1 John chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. John says, no one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Do those words make you nervous? That's proof that disobedience causes us to doubt our salvation. You see, when John says no one who is born of God practices sin, he's not talking about the occasional slip-up here and there. What he is saying is no true Christian habitually engages in sin. Sin, blatant disobedience, is not the way of life for a true child of God. Now, what's the antidote to doubt about your salvation? Look at verse 24 of 1 John 3. The one who keeps God's commandments abides in him and he in him. We know by this, that is our obedience to God, that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. The greatest assurance of your salvation is your obedience to God. You know, if we keep living... In disobedience, we will either begin doubting our faith or we will doubt the faith in general. Obedience protects us against doubts about our salvation. Number three, obedience protects us from the loss of rewards in heaven. If Satan can't prevent you from entering heaven, he wants to do everything he can to prevent you from enjoying heaven. And finally, obedience protects us from Satan's further entrance into our life. The Bible says in Proverbs 5.22, we will be held captive by the cords of our own sin. James 4.7, James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Obedience to God is a way to protect yourself against Satan's further entrance into your life. 
Now, we've identified what the breastplate of righteousness is. It's everyday obedience to God. We've talked about the four values of obedience in your life and how it protects you against Satan. But you know, Ephesians 6.14 does not say, understand the breastplate of righteousness. The command is not to appreciate the value of the breastplate of righteousness. Instead, Paul's command is to what? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's only when you make obedience to God a part of your everyday life. It's only when obedience becomes the rule rather than the exception in your life that you experience all of these benefits we just outlined. And so today, in this little uh, conclusion, this mini-series on the breastplate of righteousness, I'm going to give you some practical words of application. Principle number one is this, appreciate the power of habits. Someone has written, I am your constant companion. I'm your greatest helper or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done, and after a few lessons, I'll do it for you automatically. I am the servant of all great people, and alas, of all failures as well. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It really makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me. And I will place the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. You know, last time we talked about the negative power of a habit. How one compromise makes the next one easier and easier and easier until disobedience becomes a way of life. Remember Peter's words in 2 Peter 2.19, By what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. On the other hand, habits, patterns of repeated behavior can also work to our benefit, not just to our detriment. And the fact is, we can use habits for us in helping to develop this pattern of obedience that will accrue real benefits into our life. But the fact is, you will never appreciate the power of a habit until, first of all, you understand the strength and the importance of habits, or what sometimes we call discipline. You know, when we tell Christians, when you're in the middle of a temptation, just ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do? And mimic him and you'll be successful. People who wait until they're in the middle of temptation to ask themselves, what would Jesus do? They become spiritual roadkill. If they wait until the middle of a temptation to mimic Jesus' life and activities, they've waited too long. You see, the reason Jesus was able to obey God in those moments of testing and temptation was because of what Jesus did when he wasn't in the middle of testing and temptation. The habits he developed in his life, daily solitude, time spent in the Word of God, prayer, personal holiness, all of those things gave him the strength. They helped him develop the habit of righteousness so that when the moment of testing came, his automatic responses took over. He had disciplined himself for the purpose of godliness. The Christian who waits until he's in the middle of a test 
in order to mimic Christ is as doomed to failure as the athlete who waits until he's in the middle of the game to have success and yet neglects the daily discipline of diet, exercise, and training. If we're going to make righteousness, obedience a part of our everyday life, first of all, we need to appreciate the power of a habit. And that leads to a second truth. Learn to choose discipline over deliverance. Choose discipline over deliverance. We read 1 Timothy 4, 7 just a moment ago. Paul said, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. Paul wasn't into political correctness, was he there? But uh, (laughs) he goes on to say, on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. That word discipline, you've heard me say before, comes from the Greek word that we get our word gymnasium from. You can smell the sweat all over that verse right there. Work out, practice, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, let's be honest for a moment. We prefer the miraculous to the mundane, don't we? I mean, if we find ourselves enslaved with an addiction or in an immoral relationship or far away from God, what we would much rather do is have a one-time fix-it solution to our problem. Maybe some ecstatic religious experience or maybe have some demon cast out of us. Some one-time experience that would take care of everything Instead of developing these daily disciplines like timing God's word and prayer and and, and personal holiness, we want an easy fix to our problems. But it doesn't work that way. I've gotten in trouble with some groups before when I've said this. In fact, got threatened to be taken off Christian television one time for saying this. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I think... Satan laughs his head off when he watches Christians engage in some of these flamboyant activities like exercising demons or or, uh, uh, praying for the binding of Satan's power as if there's anything you and I could do to bind Satan's power or or having these ecstatic experiences and thinking somehow that's going to deliver us once and for all from the power of sin. Randy Alcorn's current version of the Screwtape Letters, he relates a letter from a a senior demon, Lord Falgren, to his demonic student. Listen to what the senior demon advises his protege. Let them cast us out, or imagine they have, as long as those vermin keep making the daily choices that invite us back in. Let them name and bind us to their heart's content as long as they entertain the thoughts and engage in the activities that give us power over them. It's not power plays and sweeping declarations of our defeat that frighten me. It's the quiet prayers for personal holiness and greater yieldedness to the enemy God. Far better that they focus on us than look to their own hearts and ask the enemy to cleanse them. Never be frightened by those Christians grandstanding. I think Satan is much more threatened when he sees a Christian on his knees. When he sees a Christian in God's word. When he sees a Christian confessing his sins. That threatens Satan's plan for your life much more than some ecstatic religious experience. Choose discipline 
over immediate deliverance. And uh, the ironic thing is eventually you will experience deliverance from the power of Satan. Number three, perform an obedience inventory of your life. If you want to put on righteousness, if you want to make obedience a part of your life, perform what I call an obedience inventory. It was the evangelist Charles Finney who once said, the, the person who is convicted of one sin is convicted of all sins. But the person who is convicted of all sins is convicted of none. What Finney was saying is, if we're really going to make a difference, a change in our life, we need to get specific. You, you see, the key to lasting change in your life is what the Bible calls repentance. That word repentance means having a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. It means saying, you know what, I've been walking this way for so long and it's not leading to any place good. I don't want to keep going down this road. I want to start walking back to God. So I'm having a change of mind and that change of mind is going to lead to a change of direction. That's what repentance is. It is the key to lasting change in your life. But listen to this, the key to repentance is specificity. That is being specific about what it is you want to change in your life. And what I'm saying to you is, if you're really serious about experiencing the benefits of obedience, the breastplate of righteousness, don't just leave here and say, you know what, I think I'll try to do better next week. You'll be right back where you were in a few hours or less. Now, if you're really serious about this idea of obeying God... I encourage you to perform what I call this inventory of your life. In fact, I want you to write down these six life areas. I hope we have them on the screen. But three or six areas of your life uh, that ought to be under consideration. First of all, uh, look at your family. Then secondly, your finances, your spiritual life, your work, your health, your friendships. You know, these six areas comprise, really, the totality of your life. Now, here's what I want to challenge you to do this week. Sometime when you and the Lord are alone together, ask the Lord to reveal to you the answer to this question. Lord, what is one thing you would like me to start doing or stop doing in each of these areas of my life? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Robert, I've got so many things I ought to start doing or stop doing. I'm overwhelmed by all the things I need to change in my life. Remember what Penny said? He who is convicted of all sins is convicted of none. Now, the road to lasting change, it takes that first step. That one thing, that first thing that you know you need to do, that's the way to cultivate the habit of obedience. And then number four, Decide that obedience is both possible and profitable. Decide that obedience to God is both possible and profitable. You know, a lot of Christians unfortunately think that sinning against God is as inevitable as the law of gravity is. A lot of Christians have fallen for one of the greatest lies in the Christian church, and that is that we as Christians are obligated to sin. All this strange teaching, erroneous teaching that I've heard growing up that somehow Christians still have this old nature in them that makes them sin. And therefore, you'll never experience victory over sin till you get to heaven one day. That is baloney. 
The Bible says, yes, there's a residue of that old nature inside of us, but it has no more power over our life than we choose to allow it to have. One writer says it this way, falling off of a platform is not a habit. Cultivated lusting, anger, and so on are. And generally speaking, those who say they cannot help it are either not well informed about life or have not decided to do without sin. Most likely the latter. But the really good news here is that the power of a habit can be broken. Habits can be changed. And God will help us to change them, though He won't do it for us. Because He has a vital interest in who we become. Don't fall for Satan's lie that disobedience is inevitable. You have the power to say no to sin. Remember Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. I like the way the Living Bible paraphrases this. For the power of the life-giving Spirit... And that power is mine through Christ Jesus. That power has freed me from the vicious cycle of sin and of death. You don't have to sin. Obedience to God is possible. And not only is it possible, you have to be convinced that it's profitable for you. Are you convinced that obedience is profitable? Have you come to the point in your life when you realize that the consequences of sin far overshadow the temporary pleasure of sin? Do you believe, do you really believe that God's plan for your life is better than Satan's plan for your life? Have you come to the place where you want to protect yourself from the consequences of sin? from doubt about salvation, from forfeiting your eternal rewards, from allowing Satan to have further reign in your life. God has already supplied you with the power and even the desire to obey Him, but you must supply the decision. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness, doing that one thing you know God would have you do, is the best way to protect yourself from Satan's entrance into your life. Disobedience isn't inevitable. Right now, at this very moment, God has given you the power to say no to sin and turn away from any temptation. All you need to do is to make that decision to keep Satan from having even one small entry point into your life. Well, I hope you'll join me again tomorrow and next week as we wrap up our study on spiritual warfare. And let me encourage you to dig deeper into this topic by requesting my best-selling book called The Divine Defense. Satan is waging a relentless war on every Christian, doing whatever he can to lead you away from God. And the best way to protect yourself against Satan's attacks is simply by preparing for them. In my book, The Divine Defense, I'll explain how you can put on the armor of God and use it to win your spiritual battles. I'd be pleased to send you a copy of my book when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. If you're among those who have given generously to Pathway to Victory, I want to commend you for investing in people's lives, especially in this dark season of our nation's history. 
Inflation has placed enormous pressures on many families, and our political divide seems to be widening on every front. People are discouraged, but I can assure you that your generosity is truly making a tremendous difference in those who hear Pathway to Victory. We believe God is calling us to stand in the gap with His message of hope and light, and we couldn't do His work without friends like you. So, keep up the good work. Your generous gifts are needed, and God is working through you to pierce the darkness with the light of His Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You're invited to request a copy of Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book, The Divine Defense, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you, in addition to the book, this month's teaching series on CD and DVD. It's also called The Divine Defense. To request the CD and DVD sets, call 866-999-2965 or online go to ptv.org. Or you could always write to us if you'd like at P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. No soldier would go into battle without shoes. Yet, in a spiritual sense, a lot of Christians are walking around completely barefoot. Discover why sole shoes are an essential part of spiritual armor. That's Friday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives and the Plain of Megiddo. Isn't it time to see these remarkable sights for yourself? Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel and sign up before September 30th to receive an early bird discount. To learn more, go to ptv.org.